Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 I am, of course, your host, Mark Krishnez. How are y'all doing this? <laughs> man, oh man, I, I was getting ready to finally get around to recording the audio for... The few episodes of Attack the Backlog I have scripted, but not yet recorded or edited or any of that jazz. And when I was trying to record my audio in Audacity, I realized that the the volume was much lower. And something happened with my mic settings at some point that changed all that. So I was fiddling with this and that, and then the volume got way too loud. And it was just blowing up. It was spiking like crazy. And we got a, a bit of that here. But uh, I don't know. I have no idea how the audio of this is going to turn out. Hopefully it sounds all right. But it's been of a, a bit of a mess. Because I want to get it to the point where it's not too quiet. But it's louder than what it was. And it keeps... See, it's, it's freaking out right now. Like, it keeps going in the red. But when I did a little test thing, it was fine. So we'll see. We'll see. This could all turn out to be a thrown away episode. But I don't know, man. Who knows? Mustache here in my mouth. But uh, I am Mark Krishnes, your host. Got some stuff to talk about, I guess. It's... It continues being a week and another week and a week and a week and a week. And it's been especially rough with my father the past week and change for reasons I don't need to get into. You know the, the basic gist of what happened and everything. But it's just been rough this past week and, and, and emotionally draining and exhausting. And I hope, I hope at one point things can get back to a somewhat relative sense of normality. But until then, I will continue doing what I do as best as I can do for all of you and me too. Uh, speaking of me too, that doesn't, there's, there's no transition there where that makes any sense and sounds in any way. I hate seeing the red. The red is really bothering me. Because he goes all red, and it's like, oh my god, what am I doing? I don't know. Calm down. But, yeah. I, uh, in an attempt to find something to fill the third spot in an eBay order, because I found a seller, I was looking for a few movies, and this seller had two things I really, really, really wanted. But they also had a promotion Buy one, get two at 15% off. So I had these two that happened to be the exact same price relatively. They were like 15 cents apart. So I was trying to find something that I wanted to fill that void. And I, I, I collected a few things and went to the library to pick them up to see if I wanted to add them to my collection, one of them was Deep Blue Sea, which I watched, and it's just, it's too stupid. It's too stupid, too annoying, not 
as fun as it should be. Deep Rising or whatever it's called with the dude who was in I don't know what he's he's got a he's got an interesting name. But that one with the the giant octopus monster thing and they fly out on a jet ski. That one's better. I think it's Deep Rising, something along those lines. There are too many deep blank movies. Because Deep Impact is, is that like a, a an earthquake one? With, no, Dante's Peak is the, the Pierce Brosnan one, I think. And there's the core, which I've never seen, and I'm curious if that's a good, bad type of movie, because that's getting a UHD release shortly in the in the next few months. Which piqued my interest, but Deep Blue Sea, blah, 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 whatever. It's it's a movie that is infamous solely for the surprise death in it, and sure, that's a surprise, I guess. But it's kind of a st- when you when you're watching the movie and it's happening, or when it happens, and you know it's going to happen, realizing that it, it's it's there just to be surprising, and that doesn't work for me. It's, it's it's too in in context it just does not make any fucking sense it's all fucking stupid and not fun stupid again then I also rewatched and one of these I ended up going with a few Shane Black movies The Last Boy Scout which I don't think I've ever seen from start to finish I, I feel like I've always noped out of that before getting anywhere near the end. In part because I think the opening is so weird and so, like, right? This is the fucking... You've already thrown any uh, semblance of believability out the window with this fucking nonsense. And then The Long Kiss Goodnight was a movie I remember loving as a kid. And years ago, not... Not that many years ago, but five or so. When I rewatched it, it didn't work for me anywhere near as much as it did when I was a kid. And in my rewatching, I found The Last Boy Scout to be good enough. It's maybe a little bit too cynical all the time and full of nothing but unlikable characters. Even your two main characters in Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans aren't the best. And it's kind of a prototype of Shane Black's future movies with Kiska Spambing and more specifically the nice guys. Uh, the Last Boy Scout feels very much like the blueprint, the first draft that would later be fully realized in The Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, which I really, really like. And The Boy Scout was pretty good. There were some fun action action sequences. The finale is over the top in a fun, dumb way. And despite everyone being a piece of shit and... The female characters in particular being all 
they're they're all treated horribly uh, it's overall a positive net positive for that movie which spoilers is the movie i ended up purchasing or, or adding to my my order the dual pack that comes with Last Man Standing, the other Bruce Willis, weird. I have to rewatch that one. It, it just that's the only way to get the Last Boy Scout. It doesn't. It never got a standalone release, at least not in the states. So it came with that, which also has Christopher Walken, which is a plus. But I I kind of feel like I remember that movie being very weird and having a few musical numbers and not really understanding what the fuck was going on the one time I tried watching it many, many years ago. But with The Long Kiss Goodnight, I want to like that movie way more than I do. And throughout most of the runtime, it's too long. It's two hours or maybe a little bit over. And you feel it. You definitely feel it. But... Throughout most of the the runtime, I was also feeling an overall net positive. There were things I didn't like, but things I did like, and it was staying at a constant level. The, the turning point where I really fucking started to hate it, or it, it's where the, the movie lost me, was in the last act the last big sequence action scene and all that where charlie gina davis's character her her original identity she escapes from the the freezer with her her daughter and i think she set off some kind of explosion or or did some kind of thing that stopped this enemy or that enemy and she was seemingly dead and her daughter was there. Her, She told her daughter, keep running, I'll be right behind you. And she, of course, was lying because she was on death's door. And, of course, the daughter is going to turn around and go back to her mother and try and help her. And she does this. And what lost me in that scene, because the, the problem with The Long Kiss Goodnight is that well, there are multiple problems. One... Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson do not have any chemistry. I do not think they work as a duo. I like Samuel L. Jackson in the movie. Gina Davis, eh, I don't... She, she works way more as the the housewife than the badass. And I, I don't know who I would see in the role, specifically at that that time. Maybe Sigourney Weaver, which I just fucking go-to because of aliens uh, the alien series that is but i don't know if i i don't know if i'd buy her so much as the housewife as i'm trying to think what scoring weaver to me is the actress who was in the alien franchise and heartbreakers <laughs> and i can't think of anything else she's ever done and, and what linda hamilton i'm just going all of the the female leads from james cameron movies jamie lee curtis it's hard. It's it's the 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 main character in The Longest Goodnight is not a, an easy character to pull off because you have to you have to be able to to portray to encompass two very different types of characters. 
the, the actress who I thought of who who wouldn't have been the right age at the time is Rosamund Pike, who I think is just a fantastic actress. She's one of my favorite actresses, period, working today or any uh, point in time, who I think shows... She's she's been in many things where you could you could see the potential there, but she was the the woman, uh, the the wife in Gone Girl, which gives you a duality that is somewhat similar, but not exactly. But the the problem with the Long Kiss Goodnight, outside of the lack of chemistry, which is important, is a. It's trying too fucking hard to be cool. It's trying so hard to be cool. And that does not work. It a lot of Shane Black movies are trying really hard. Like what what a lot of his movies are doing are trying to be super clever and inventive in some ways, but they're trying to be clever and funny and witty and all that. But none of them are ever trying to be as cool as the long kiss goodnight is trying uh, to be. And it just doesn't work. And it comes to a screeching halt. It collapses upon its weak foundation in that moment where Charlie is seemingly dead or dying or whatever she's doing. And her daughter comes back. She returns instead of running away to save her own life. And then recites word for word the... Not insensitive, the... the what would be a good... What's the word I'm looking for? The, the harsh word she, she gave her when she was struggling to ice skate. And Charlie was seeping through the, the housewife persona. And she kept falling and then she hurt herself and she ended up fracturing her her hand or whatever and the daughter goes to her dying mother and it's like you can't die here you can't die get up life is pain you just get used to it and I'll give it to the little kid she gives it her all. She gives a hell of a performance. But the fact that in context, in the world, this daughter remembered exactly what her mother said to her in that moment and says, you know, this is the perfect time. I'm going to I'm gonna resuscitate my mother with these fucking words that she spoke to me when I was struggling to ice skate and now she's struggling to live and I'm going to tell her this shit. Life is pain. You just get used to it. Fuck off, you piece of shit dumb movie you're so stupid you think this is the coolest shit in the world this little girl coming back and be like hey remember this shit you said to me what am I gonna say to you fuck off you stupid ass hated it dumb dumb stupid shit so that's when I was like you know what fuck you movie I'm done with you you're you're mostly okay but uh uh-uh. uh I don't think the, the, the action that's in it isn't that good I'm trying to think of any sequence in it that is particularly exciting or interesting I can't remember if it's that movie or the last boy scout or both combined or everything where 
Because that was the last movie that he, Shane Black, did not also direct. And I can't remember if I read that it was The Longest Goodnight. Because all, all of his movies have, prior to him taking the reins as director in addition to writer, there were issues in the production period where they brought in other people to change things and he didn't like that why no, no creator would like that having their, their work changed against their wishes but yeah last boy scout solid long kiss goodnight fucking stupid deep blue sea <laughs> deep blue sea fucking stupid you know what else is stupid no no it's not stupid but uh to play a few games before I wrap things up it's gonna be a short show there's just personal life, man. You know, I'm trying to get back to everything being normal. I need, I need to get some attack the backlog stuff done because I've got two episodes left in the bank. One of them is going up this Sunday, which means I only have the one additional other one left. We got one for Clone Drone in the Danger Zone and Slime Rancher. Then when those two are gone, so I had a thank God for the fucking bank I did have. It made it, it allowed me to take time for myself at points when I needed it and right now. But uh, speaking of right now, one of the games I played is Startup Company Console Edition. This is a management game where you are starting up your own startup company and you have to create your website, add features to it, like a landing page or social aspects. And... I believe this came out on PC five or so years ago and has made its way to console now. It is not a great management game. It's it's adequate. It's very, very busy. The tutorial does a poor job of guiding you uh, in a way that is, is not... like It gives you some of the, the basic directions but doesn't do a good job of showing you exactly how to do it or, or what would be the best way to go about doing things the ui is incredibly cluttered and it's clunky to navigate with the controller because there, there are things where like i just wish the b button always backed you out but you have to press the same button that open a menu to close it and there, there are things where it just could have been more streamlined it's not a particularly pretty game. There's a plastic figure look to the, the world and the character profiles and their in-game representations as well. And then the, the, the game itself, what it, what it lacks that really hurts it is any type of personality or charm. So games like this if they aren't the the top of the top in terms of the systems in in place, which startup company is not, you need to have some kind of personality or charm to you that hooks in the player, which is what games like game uh, game dev tycoon had that really grabbed a lot of people back when that game came out, and all those uh, what was it, Cairo Soft games. 
and they have good writing, humorous writing, and, and, and writing that shows an awareness of what it's cribbing, if, it, if it's making light of a certain type of business you don't really get any of that in startup company and what it comes down to is a lot of watching bars fill percentages go up waiting for this stuff to happen and i never felt in my time with it any real sense of ownership over my company and what was happening with it the direction I was taking in or the website I was building, any of this stuff, I never felt like I was really making something that was my own. I was simply doing it, it felt it weirdly felt like a linear experience, which isn't it, that's the last thing you want from a, a management game is for it to feel linear because I, I don't want to just be going along for the ride i want to specifically set out you know a management game should be something where we fucking whatever we dozen friends could all play it and have completely different experiences with it and that we could talk to each other about what how our business turned out what we did what we decided to do and they'll all be different i'm sure that is the case with startup company but it doesn't feel like it. And regardless of whether or not it is that way, where every you know one's experience will be different, if it doesn't feel that way, it's still a problem. And maybe, maybe over time it gets better. But my early impressions, a few hours in, I just, I found it really hard to even want to pursue any more time with the game sadly i might give it a little bit more time see what happens i don't think because you you are set to retire and i don't know if you can continue after that after maybe like six years or something you, you, the game feels like it, it, like one run specifically would not last that long so I might put a bit more time into it, but not overly excited to do so. Then the other game I played was Cow the Kangaroo. That's not, it's not Cow the Kangaroo. I I fucked this up last time. It was I think it's Ko. I think that's the way they pronounce it in the game. But I didn't. I don't wasn't listening, and they didn't say it when I was playing it. I I believe it's Ko the Kangaroo. Either way, it's not Cow. I know it's not Cow the Kangaroo because you wouldn't name your kangaroo Cow. Is that silly? Because cow's another animal. And why would you name your kangaroo cow? So I believe it's K.O. the kangaroo. And I got a code a while back for the OL DLC. And I just recently redeemed it. And I want to check it out. Because I remember thinking the game was alright. When I originally played it. Uh, and I streamed it that, that time. And maybe this is one of the reasons... Like, I haven't streamed in a while, and part of it is because maybe this was a side effect of me streaming. Returning to KO the Kangaroo, it's a it's a 3D action platformer, 3D character action platformer, where of course, as I've already mentioned, you play as a kangaroo. 
it is not a good platformer. The jumping does not feel good at all. The action side of things feels all right. But in an action platformer, the platforming is way more important than the action bits. And I was really not enjoying my time back in this world. I think it looks pretty good. The, the DLC comes with five new skins and five, what are they called? Eternal Wells, which are these challenge levels that are shorter than your standard levels and time you in. They, they probably last five minutes or less if, you, if you've played through them a few times and are going for the fastest time possible. So they're not overly long. It's not, it's not a very expansive piece of DLC. It's, I think, $7. But playing through it, it was just really hitting me how poor of a, a platformer it is. The jumping was bad. There, there isn't the greatest indicator in a timely manner of where you are about to land when you're jumping and you want to find out where you're going to uh, land on a, a platform. I would regularly slip off of uh, spaces and then fall to my death and lose a heart. And it was a very frustrating experience. There are bits that are Crash Bandicoot-esque where you're running towards the camera. Those don't feel good. Nothing feels good. There are even these small little decisions that are weird. Like, like for instance, there's a part in a level where you are gliding across this branch or whatever. It's basically like a rail thing where you've had like the minecart levels or anything where you are doing that and you're jumping between rails or branches or whatever they are. And a lot of games, a lot of 3D platformers have sequences like this. But the weird thing about this one is that you can't attack when you are gliding on the thing. You have to jump and then attack to break the obstacles that are in front of you or attack an enemy or just avoid them. And that's weird. What? There are so many weird little decisions like that that I, I, I just don't know why the game is the way it is in, the, in those sense, in, in those cases. And it immediately made me think of and appreciate even more Pumpkin Jack, which is such a fucking fantastic 3D action character platformer. It is so good at both the action and the platforming. That is, that is one of my... The more I think about that game, the more I remember how much of a great time I had with it from start to finish, with maybe only my one major critique. I did do an attack the backlog, so I may have more critiques than what I'm saying right here, but the levels could run pretty long. I think some of them could go on for almost an hour, but I, I believe there was a checkpoint system, so you could back out and return. Don't hold me to that, but uh, yeah. My return to Kale the Kangaroo was sadly disappointing. And uh, to continue with the disappointment, that's going to do it for this year's show. I know it's so sad. It's a, it was a short show, but there wasn't much to talk about or anything uh, really exciting that happened. I guess there was the Xbox developer direct. 
And I really want to check out, maybe I'll get around to it soon-ish, High Hi-Fi Rush, I believe it's called. Looks incredible. And I'm very interested to see how it plays. The rhythm thing could be hit or miss. So I'm curious how that works, but it it's a very, very cool looking game. And it was exciting that the the disappointment that was it getting leaked was then completely made up for with the shadow drop. The part of it I, I saw one person make this point and it is a decent point. Why why the shadow drop? Why not reveal this at the Game Awards and then release it at the start of the year? Instead of having everyone say when you show nothing at the Game Awards, what the fuck's wrong with you, Xbox? Where are, where are all your games? And then you have this direct and you reveal this game out of the blue. No one's ever heard of, uh, you know, outside of the leaks. And then it's immediately available. <laughs> no lead up time. And then you have all the... The, the only thing I want to say about the direct before I wrap up the show is that I thought it was pretty solid overall, except the one thing I wanted, the one and only thing I wanted. I love, even if I got this, the hi-fi rush news would have been the highlight still because the game looks amazing. And I think it, it was just that that whole thing was handled very well outside of the fact that it's kind of weird not showing it early and all that. But the one thing I wanted was a release date for Forza Motorsport. And the thing we didn't get was a release date for Forza Motorsport. Every other game there, we got a release date. But fucking Forza? Nope. Coming 2003. Yeah, 2023. So that's concerning because it makes it seem like the game is further off still than we would like, that it won't be coming out in the first half of the year. And that fucking sucks, because it looks incredible. It looks so fucking clean. And I just want to play it. I love the Motorsport series. It's my, it's my favorite racing franchise currently out there. And I just... I am so ready to get deep in the weeds in motorsport i will 100 percent be getting that game day, day one i just well, i want it in me right now and i don't know when i'm gonna get it and it sucks it sucks so much so yeah that was that was disappointing but uh yeah that'll do it for this episode of the pixelated sausage show once again i am markers and as y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at px sausage if you'd like to find all my links of import you can go over to patreon new no. if you'd like to find the links we'll get to patreon in a second fucking calm your horses buddies uh but if you'd like to find all the links and all that jazz you can go over to pay i fucking gonna say it again jesus christ pixelated sausage.com slash pxs i need to come into just a little bit of money that i would feel fine wasting so that i can buy already pxs.com xyz so i can get that url and then make the shortcut and you can get it all at pxs.xyz slash abc oh yeah baby but it is pixelated sausage.com slash pxs to find all the links you could ever want to link to any link in the linkage of linking park 
which okay that is again pixelatedsausage.com slash pxs links all that jazz and if you do like this show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com. See, I told you we get back there. That is patreon.com slash PXS to support me and my nonsense that away. Uh, with your support, I can keep doing this. I can maybe start doing more stuff. You know, we'll never know. We'll never know unless you support more people, more potential content and, and good times. But if you do support at the $3 or higher tier, you will get access to the fancy schmancy private Discord channels as well as the question mark channel, which was quiet. This uh, this is the last episode. And in that channel, you can ask me whatever kind of questions you want, and I will choose if or not I answer them here on the podcast, or if I answer them in the Discord, or if I just ignore them completely because I think they are so fucking stupid that I just don't want to fucking bother with them. But you can ask me whatever you want as much as you want with the uh, one hour cool down period or whatever. So you can, you have to wait at least an hour to ask a second question there. But outside of that one stipulation, you can just ask a million questions. Yeah, technically you can't ask that many questions because there's, there's not that a million questions spaced out one hour apart. We'd be here a long time, but, uh, that is that is it. Uh, so again, that is patreon.com slash PXS. And that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this year episode. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and a fantastic weekend. So for now, adios. Arrivederci. Bye. Because I don't want to have to re record this. It's good time. It's good time. Go, Daddy.